Welcome to the Testimony Service Podcast, the podcast that will encourage you, increase your faith, and draw you closer to God. I'm your host, Martina. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So in an effort to help our listeners' faith increase, each episode will begin with a scripture. Today's scripture comes from Psalm 121, verses 2 and 3. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. And now for episode 13, Code Purple. All right, so my name is Shamanika. So honored to be able to tell my testimony. The summer of 2015, I went to the doctor for a routine checkup, was having some issues in my body. And so I went toward the checkup, explained to them what was going on. And they then told me that the birth control that I was on was thinning out my uterine lining, which is what is used in the body to carry or to be a nutrient to a baby if you were to carry one. So knowing that information, we went home. I talked about it with my husband. Um, We decided that we would start trying for a baby because if we waited any longer, it could hinder the time. It could hinder me ever being able to carry. And the doctor basically sent me home with the news that there was a slim chance that I would be able to have a successful delivery, if not at all. So me and my husband, we planned and we said that we were going to start trying. It took me a while to get pregnant. So we were just praying. We were asking God for a child and knowing that we only had a short amount of time to try to make it happen. So it was September of that year. I found out that I was pregnant. And thereafter, my body started to go through a lot of changes that comes with pregnancy. But in my seventh month, I went to the doctor for my routine checkup. And they told me that I had preeclampsia, which is high blood pressure in pregnancy. So once they told me that, I didn't really know what it was about, but my best friend sent me a Google screenshot and she basically shared with me that, you know, you can have high blood pressure, but it can get so far as in eclampsia and then you can start having seizures, going to a stroke, so on and so forth. But I was hopeful. I was praying. I was anointing my stomach, you know praying like my mother taught us to when we were kids. And I asked the doctor if it was okay for me to go back home and have a baby shower in Louisiana. She approved of it. When I got there, I hadn't gained any weight my entire pregnancy. The last day we were in Louisiana, it was Easter. And my body blew up. Just randomly, I was having all this weight in my face, all this weight in my my legs, my feet. And so at this point, I thought, well, finally, I'm gaining weight. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm in my seventh month, so this is pretty normal. Until I got home back to Colorado. And when I got home, I called my mom. I said, something's not right. I'm at work. My hands and my feet, they're burning. And so my OBGYN sent me to see if I had a blood clot in my leg. There was no blood clot there. But she sent me home, told me that I needed to go home and rest. So it was about 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock the next morning when I started having sharp pains on the left side of my stomach. So being seven and a half months pregnant, I was like, well, let me just push on my stomach, see if Jasmine is going to move. And she was a very active baby in the womb. So I started pushing on my stomach, and she never moved. 
So I woke my husband up. He he usually gets up for work around two or three in the morning. And so I told him, I was like, I'm having pain, excruciating pain. I can barely breathe. I was panting. I was sweating. And so he told me, he said, well, I'm not going to go to work. Just get your clothes on and we'll go to the hospital that you're registered at, which was about 30, 35 minutes from my house. And so we get in the car. I'm starting to get really irritated. My body's starting to get really hot. And so by the time we get to the emergency room, I started regurgitating everywhere. And for about 15 minutes, I couldn't stop. And so they checked me into the baby floor. And once we got there, the nurse that was there was asking me, you know, what my symptoms were. And so as she was asking me, she was taking my blood pressure. When she took my blood pressure, it was 200 over 189. So that's stroke-like in the medical field. And so she was like, you know, I'm going to take it again because this doesn't seem right. And so she takes it again. She gets a number a little bit higher than that. So as she was explaining to my husband what could happen because my blood pressure was so high, I began to have a seizure. I had never had seizures in my life, had never experienced any kind of medical conditions in my body. This was the first time that my body started to have a negative reaction. So I only remember these nurses and doctors were running in the room rapidly. They called a cold purple, said I was having a seizure. So the rest of my story from here is going to be a secondhand information because I blacked out during the seizure, of course. And so my husband tells me that I was having a seizure for three and a half minutes. During this time, they were trying to stabilize me. They were trying to get my vitals together. Mind you, I was still pregnant. So uh, my heart, my daughter's heart rate dropped in the middle of me having a seizure. So at this point, they said I would need an emergency C-section. So we get into the C-section. I signed the papers. They had me on all kinds of medication to stop the seizures. And so as we're in the OR, they're doing, they're getting ready to prep for the C-section. They gave me the epidural and I black out again. When I woke up, it was 8.24 a.m. and I could hear my baby crying. And so she was born at 8.24 a.m. She was two pounds, 8.4 ounces. A set of lungs on her though. And so that was awesome. They, they woke me up, told me to kiss her and everything. By the time we got back to the room, little did I know going back to look at the reports, they couldn't stop the bleeding. So my blood wasn't clotting as they were trying to close me up. So they had to go back in, figure out where the bleeding was coming from, stitch me up again. And then once we came out, they told me that my blood wasn't clotting. It was leaking too fast. So I needed two bags of blood. I needed two blood transfusions. So after the transfusions, everything settled down. I was able to go see my daughter, so on and so forth. But they told me that I should have bled out on the table. Somewhere at this time, they told my husband that if he would have went to work that morning, he would have came home to find me in a pool of blood dead. And so I thank God for bringing me out of that part, but that was only the beginning. I stayed in the hospital for about a week. Um, My liver was failing. My kidneys were failing. They finally got my blood regulated, but my body was just, everything was starting to fail. And so they were going back and forth every day. I had to do panels of blood to see where my blood levels were, to see where my liver was, where my kidneys were, and they were all shutting down. It was about the end of that week when everything started to level out. Everything was okay. I went home, and my daughter was in the ICU for a month. We got to the last week that she was getting ready to go home, and I couldn't walk. I called my dad. I said, you know, I'm having this excruciating pain in my leg. I can't walk. I got to get back to the hospital. Jasmine needs me. And uh, he called me on the phone. He said, you know, I'm on my way. 
don't move. I'll help you get out the house. And so by this point, I couldn't walk. My leg had swelled up. Seemed like it was happening all over again. Something bad was getting ready to happen. So we get to the emergency room back at St. Joseph Hospital where my daughter was. And we get into the emergency room and my leg is literally pulsating. It was hot. My foot was cold as ice, though. And so they did all these tests. We did an ultrasound. The lady's eyes blew up. And so I asked her, I said, well, what do you see? And they're not, the tech is not able to tell you what they see. So she passed it on to the doctor. But all she said to me was, you have multiple clots in your leg, and this has to be the biggest clot we've ever seen in St. Joseph Hospital. So my nerves were everywhere. I called my parents to come back to the hospital. I was calling my husband. He was in the mountains still working at that time. And so they told me that I needed emergency surgery. This was the weekend of Mother's Day. And so they said, if you go home today, you won't make it back before Monday. So we don't want to take any chances. They immediately put me on a heparin drip, which is just blood thinner. I went down to see my daughter before they took me into emergency surgery. And here's where the story kind of changes. My life was already on the line because the blood clot went from the back of my right leg behind my knee all the way up to inches away from my lungs. So if they wouldn't have caught the blood clot, it would have exploded in my lungs and it would have killed me instantly. So... Um, we get into emergency surgery, and they hook me up to all the monitors and machines. They insert a filter through my neck, and it went down through my stomach to prevent the clot from breaking off into my lungs or my heart. So I feel everything that they're doing, and it was uncomfortable, but my heart rate shot up to 180, 180 beats per minute. So the anesthesiologists and the doctors, they're reeling at this point trying to figure out what they need to do. They called in the cardiologist, and they give me a medication to pause my heart temporarily and to restart it so that for the purpose of when they restarted it, it would slow down. It in turn sped up when it rejuvenated. So my heart rate was at about almost 190 by this point. So they shut the surgery down. They rushed me to the ICU, put me on a heart monitor, and they made me lie flat because I still had the blood clot. They made me lie flat for 24 hours. I couldn't move. I couldn't eat anything, and that was my life. And so the next day, they took me back into surgery, cleaned the clot out, put me on blood thinners as I went home. It felt like I had to learn how to walk again. All at the same time, I was a new mother. My daughter was in the ICU. She was then released on the last day that they were allowing me to go home. So we went home on the same day. And when I got home, it was a process of trying to figure out how to walk again, all at the same time being a new mother. My daughter was only five pounds when she went home, premature. And in the time that my daughter was in the hospital, she only needed the smallest amount of oxygen that they offered. Mind you, she was two pounds, eight ounces. But during her time in the hospital, she would have bradycardia, which just means that her heart would slow all the way down. So my daughter was fighting for her life while she was in the hospital, but we were able to go home on the same day. When I get home, my body has set up an infection. All of this is due to pregnancy. My body has set up an infection and they told me that I needed another emergency surgery. Well, I got the filter taken out that we had placed before the blood clot was taken out, and I went back for my six-week checkup after all of these surgeries. That surgery was also life-threatening. That was in October of that year. They removed that part that was infected in my body, and I made a full recovery. So during this time, I did my checkup on my blood clot, the leg that I had a blood clot in. There was no residue, no 
extended damage from the blood clot. The balloon that they had put in my leg was gone. It was dissolved. I was completely healed. But in that time, I was on three different blood thinners. I had to go each week to check my blood with a specialist. So I was on two pill medications, and then I had to take a blood thinning shot that I had to administer to myself twice a day. And so if I could just say God has been so good to me, and I, I'm so grateful because when people hear this story, people think I should have been okay once I went home, but I suffered with postpartum. I got really depressed, not, not anything having to do with my child, but I felt like I did everything by the book. I ate right. I was still being active. I was praying over my child, and still I went into early labor. And it was the scariest time of my life. So in turn, I was hallucinating. I would see the nurses and the doctors running at me. I would just be sitting in the house daydreaming, and all of a sudden, I start hallucinating. Went to the doctor. They tried to put me on PTSD medication, to try to diagnose me with all these things. But four years later now, I can say that I'm no longer hallucinating. I'm no longer depressed. It was about a two-year process going through that mental battle in my mind, but I thank God because he's brought me out. I can now tell my story to the world without feeling any type of anger or malice towards God, towards anybody else around me for the experience that I had to go through. And last year I was ordained as a licensed evangelist. And so everywhere I go, I now tell my story of how God brought me out, how he healed my daughter, how he worked a miracle in both of our lives. And I'm so excited about this podcast and what God is doing, even in the midst of this. I thank God for my life, my health and strength. And when people ask me, I let them know it was all God. So I thank God for this time. Thank you, Martina. Thank you. That was amazing. Oh, my goodness. That was one heck of a year Thank for you. you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Was your faith ever wavering, like, during all this? Were you able to lean on God, or, like, were you just kind of mentally just all over the place? Yeah, I mean, I was all over the place. It was, you know, I was raised in church, so mm-hmm. my mom was heavy on us praying and teaching us how to pray, so on and so forth. And so there was points in the emergency room, so I want to say from my labor and delivery, my faith was very, I wouldn't say weak, but it wasn't where it should have been. So I was questioning how I got here, why I was there. I was angry with people that were around me because I felt like they could have helped me more. I was just blaming everybody. I was angry. I was mad about my current situation. And then um, by the time I had the blood clot, which was about a month in between time, Um, My faith was so strong, it was so built, that I just began to remind God of his promises, like, you brought me thus far, and I'm going to need you to get me through this, because I have a daughter that's two floors below me, and she needs me. So I don't believe that you allowed me to have this child, and you blessed me, even when the doctor said I wouldn't have her. They said she would never make it, and I need you to bring me through. And he basically gave me that peace that I needed. And so, yeah, my faith was... It was it was a little iffy in the beginning, but as I went through the process, you know, being sick, having surgery after surgery, having doctor's appointments after doctor's appointments, I just made up in my mind, like, God, God has to get me through this. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So what would you say is the biggest thing that you want the people who listen to this to take away from your story? I just want people to know really who God is. Um, There's so much going on in the world. There's so many things that we go through 
on a daily basis. There are big things that happen in life. But if you trust God, he can bring you through anything. And the reality of it is being a licensed evangelist, being in ministry like my whole life, people think that people in ministry are perfect. I hallucinated. I was scared. I, you know, didn't think I was going to make it at times, if I could be honest. But God is so true to his word. He's so true to who he says he is in, in those 66 books, and it comes alive. And so faith is real, and God is real. And I take no glory out of this story that I have, but also that we have a purpose in this life. And I don't believe that anything will come upon us that would sabotage our purpose unless it's us getting in our own way. But I believe that if you have a purpose, which all of us do in whatever area of our life, you know, no matter what comes, no matter what goes, we will be put in a position where we can fulfill our purpose through God. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Testimony Service Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Thanks again, Shavonica, for coming on the podcast. So continue to like, comment, subscribe, share, all the social stuff. (laughs) Let's continue to get the word out about how God is moving in our lives, not just in the Bible, but today. And if you missed it, we did a special first time ever video edition of the podcast for Father's Day with my dad. So check that out if you haven't already. It's on YouTube. I will leave the link in this episode's description. So make sure you check that out. And of course, we'll be back next Wednesday. So here's a sneak peek for you. Went to bed that night at like 10 something that night, Martina. At like one something in the morning, my life was flipped upside down. Wow. And then next day I had to make a decision. 